Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. We're back with Sally Augustin, environmental psychology and author of the book Designology. Um, there's a link on our website. Thanks very much for joining us again, Sally. Glad to be back. We're here today to talk about transforming your home through biophilic design, um, looking at different aspects of biophilic design and how we can incorporate it into our homes. Obviously, we're recording this again during lockdown, during the um, global coronavirus outbreak. So many people are working from home or teaching their children from home and generally spending most of their days in their homes. Um, Like most of us, when we're at home for any length of time, we start seeing things we need to improve, a lick of paint here or a new carpet. But there are also things we can do to make the spaces more uplifting and better for us to spend time in um, and and do the things we need to do in the space, like sleep, eat, think or work. A home, even on a small scale, generally has the similar elements in it. So for this podcast, uh, we're going to take a trip around a home, starting with a bedroom and working our way around the home. But but first of all, Sally, you said you were going to have a kind of an overview of what what you should be doing in your house to kind of making it better for you. Right. Um, I think it's probably handiest for us to think about what people can do in their home at the moment. So that, to a large extent, involves using things you already have in in your home, as well as um, things that you could go out and buy. But there are still things out there that are available that we can bring into our homes now to enhance our well-being. When I think about uh, applying environmental psychology in, um, in in homes at the moment, I think about creating different zones in people's homes. You know, and we should probably think about each zone separately. And, I, and I'm sure we'll, we're going to get to that in a moment. You know, when I think about things that people have in in their homes that they can use to increase their well-being, the first thing that comes to mind is sunlight. Now that it's spring um, here in the United States and in Europe. The number of hours of natural light that you know, we have are um, increasing each day. We can capture that natural light and bring it into our home because being in natural light puts us in a better mood and, and, and we care about that because um, you know, when we're in better moods, we get along better with other people. Um, and 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 our and our minds work more effectively. You know, we, and research shows that when we're in daylit spaces, our you know cognitive performance improves, and and so does our creativity. One of the things you can do throughout your house is um, open the drapes, put up the blinds, and let as much natural light into your home as as you can. Mm-hmm. And after you let in all that natural light, you know, and you turn around from the window. Yeah. You'll notice that there's all sorts of stuff in your house, <laughs> and um, something else that's good to do now throughout your home is pick up some, get rid of that clutter. Clutter makes us feel stressed. It's really important to pick things up now, and you know, clean off those tabletops. Some, you know, pick the piles of magazines and newspapers up off the floor and you know some things can be recycled or whatever but other things you'll you'll you want to keep and the things you want to keep you'll um want to put in containers that um you can't see into the things that are cluttering up your home and put them in a cabinet 
that has um, transparent glass doors on the front, you really haven't accomplished that much because <laughs> you know that you can still see those things. The important thing here really is that our brains continually scan the world around us. We they started to do this when um, we were young as a species, and all that scanning helped us see um, if danger was approaching. You know, if something who thought we were a tasty lunch, <laughs> but um, but uh, you know uh, now we don't have to worry about uh, at least so much about <laughs> being a tasty lunch. But um, <laughs> our brains are still always doing this scanning, and um, when there's um, clutter, our brains have to do more thinking as they're um, reviewing what's around us, and um, you know that 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 leads to that leads to stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you know, even if you have to pack things up and put them under your bed, uh, you know, from a psychological perspective, mm-hmm. I think that's great because you're keeping the clutter in, in in line, and you know, you don't get rid of everything that's that's out in your home. You know, we're just talking about curating what's out, managing it. You know, getting it to a point where you feel comfortable in 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 your space, and 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 once you've picked up all that clutter, you may find that things aren't so clean as you might hope. You know, <laughs> yeah. the space is stuff. There might be, you know, what we call on this side of the ocean, like dust bunnies floating around in in in, in your home, like clumps of dust or whatever. And you want to get rid of all those as well because. Um, all that dirt, you know, that comes to light when the clutter goes away, well, that creates a sort of uneasiness in your soul, if you will, you know. We like to um, think of ourselves generally as, you know, people who can manage our lives and, and, and take good care of ourselves and the things that we're responsible for. So, you know, when we see dirt in our home, well, that makes us feel uneasy. So, you know, those are things that you can do. Um, you know, you can think about bringing plants into your home. Plants are, are, are good for us because they um, help keep our stress levels in check. You know, looking at our green leafy friends is, 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 is good for our mood. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps our mental performance as well as you know it helps us to get along with 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 other people so um you know but we're not talking about creating interior jungles (laughs) a more subdued if you will plantscape in in the rooms of your home we're talking about green leafy plants here you know Mm -hmm. sorry if you're a fan of cactuses you know that's that's cool if you like cactuses but um, in terms of getting these you know, beneficial effects that I'm, I'm talking about. You want something that's got a sort of more graceful, curvy, relaxed thing going than yeah. than, a, than, a, than a cactus does. Putting up, um, you know, one plant in place of all those stacks of books and things that used to be around will be will be good for your um, psychological well-being uh, during this, you know, difficult time. So those are some of the general things I wanted to say about, you know, what what science tells us about how you can use things in your in your home now and you mm-hmm. know, like what, what what have you been doing 
in your home, Vanessa, now that we're all, we call it, in the United States, we say we're in lockdown. Yeah. You know? I, li- I like <laughs> I to, I want to yeah. say it's a lock-in, but obviously that's a pub, so kind of, yeah, it's a lockdown <laughs> here as well, so yeah, that's what it is, so. Um, yeah, I'm kind of the same sort of thing. I've, um, I'm trying to control clutter um, at the moment. I'm actually finding it's a struggle, and normally that's really good for me. I'm usually like, I am, like you said, a clutter buster. I'm struggling with that at the moment. I think it's um, just a, a complete lifestyle change even though I work from home generally I think there's just yeah. different dynamics and things that are happening in the home that you you sort of you I think all of us are, are, are challenged with not only that just dealing with clients and stuff in a different way so um in terms of what I'm doing I think I need to address the clutter a bit more I mean just what you mentioned I mean my plants are all happy and healthy so I'm I'm looking oh. after that which is helping my sanity <laughs> have so. you been thinking about things in your home like that aren't necessarily visual like have you been um Hmm. thinking you know about soundscaping your home or soundscaping it or you know are you you mainly still focused on on the visual aspects at at the moment um well actually as you said the same i mean i i said i've got this huge french door birds are like doing doing like this sort of marvelous songs escape behind me and uh People are cutting their grass. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so it's really nice. And I'm doing my own sort of like vanillas and stuff like that in the evening to calm me down and, and stuff. You know, over dinner, it's, it's really nice. We've got candlelight. It's all very, yeah. all very hippie, but it's, um, but it's, but it seems, I mean, we say hippie, but actually it's, um, I mean, you've probably got a take on that, have you, about different lighting in, in, in things. So. Oh, yeah. Lighting yeah. is um, something I was hoping we'd get a chance to talk about and you know, I hope we get a chance to come back and talk about sound and sense too. But yeah. um, you know, different sorts of lighting do different things to what's going on inside our. So managing the artificial light in your home can be just as useful as managing the the, the natural light. Mm-hmm. You know, as it as it turns out, if we're socializing with other people, the science shows that all that will go much better. We'll have a much better you know, time, conversations, etc. If the light is a little dimmer and a little warmer, mm-hmm. we'll be more alert mm-hmm. if the light is a little cooler and more intense. And, you know, uh, interestingly enough, it shows that we also think more creatively when the light is a little warmer. So there's all sorts okay. of reasons to have, you know, like some warm light bulbs yeah. in your home and some cool light bulbs mm-hmm. and, you know, to turn them on um, at different times, depending on, you know, what, what, what you want to do. Like when, um, you know, it's um, income tax season now <laughs> in the United States and we're trying to, you know, all try to fill out our tax forms, whatever. You know, that's a good time to be alert and good at analytical thinking. You know, I was also really intrigued by what you were saying about scent because the best way to the deepest, most primordial parts of our our being are, is through what we smell. Uh-huh. You know, science has shown that certain scents are good in certain situations, you know, like when you're trying to do professional knowledge type work it mm-hmm. can be great to be smelling lemon and mm-hmm. when you're trying to decompress and go to uh, sleep at the end of the day it can really be very handy to smell lavender we also always have to remember that each of us can have uh, special relationships with particular smells mm-hmm. so those smells can be 
good things to bring into our home now. If your grandmother had honeysuckle vines mm-hmm. around the, 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 the front of your her home uh, and had and you have great memories of being in that space, um, look around your yard and see if you can find some honeysuckle or look, look around, you know, mm-hmm. the shops that you have access to um, and see what sorts of, you know, air fresheners and things like that might be available there. And if you can find something that's honeysuckle, you know, try to try to bring it home and introduce it. That's a nice idea. Into your living space because that will really, really great things for, for your mood. And yeah, this, managing this is... our mood is really so key to our success during during this period where we can't travel around as much as we. I was going to say that's really um, really interesting thing that positive memory association with scents because yes. yeah it really is roses for me um, uh, violets as well um, is yeah. a thing my grandmother you're saying about that my grandmother used to give me these little violet sweets and when I smell oh, that it takes me right back to like being a kid and going up going to where she lived and getting this little box and, and everything and it really conjures that really powerfully so I'm just going to go back to you mentioned about um, lights and sort of the dimmer the light when you're in a sort of social context is that anything to do with because um, you obviously talk about us being in a primordial state we're still in that not primordial but that kind of early homo sapiens and that's why obviously biophilic design res- re- you know resonates with us that's why nature is so good for us do you think it's something to do with gathering around um, firelight you know where everybody was gathering around so the light obviously is natural anyway i mean do you think that's something to do with that or is that might completely barking up a different tree right on target um mm. you know we can't um roll back time or really test um the association you're talking about but mm. people in my world would all agree that you're right on target our brains seem to have a special affinity they've developed for um, situations you know that are a little dimmer and warmer light that's exactly what we would have experienced gathering around a fire at the end of a day okay and and even now like think about like the danish and well scandinavian generally Mm. system of Huga, where um you know people basically nest at home and create a a, a wonderfully warm atmosphere where they can relax, yeah. feel really good, etc. Generally, those descriptions of environments where the, there is huga hmm. are, are centered on a fireplace where, hmm. where where a fire is is roaring away. It's interesting that we, as like a species, generally like to think we're so advanced and, 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 you know, so modern, but our brains, the brains we still use are set up to optimize our living experience in the world that we were part of when we were just starting out so long ago. And, you know, that's still the sensory apparatus we have. That's still how the things that make their way to our brain are processed, all in light of what kept us going and feeling good, you know, millions and millions of years ago. And that leads me to think about something I often talk about, which is um, how good it is for our well-being 
to build a meadow in our, in, you know, in, in our homes. And in, in this case, because we're talking about, you know, life at home. And when I'm talking about building a meadow, I'm really talking about applying a bunch of principles that come out of biophilic design. Um, so, you know, if you think about being in a, in a meadow on a lovely spring day, you know, and then think about, you know, your, your, what we call your living room. Think if you think about that meadow and you think about that sitting room, you can um, come up with all sorts of ways to create an interior environment where you're just really, really comfortable, relaxed, and in just the right mood to um, hang out with others or yeah. um, get work done. So, you know, what this means is like you would be in, in, in light that could change during the course of the day. This is like the natural light or the variations in artificial light I was, I was talking about. Mm-hmm. There'd be um, a gentle movement in, in, the, in the space, mm-hmm. like a, a quiet, soft breeze, um, you know, rustling the grasses. Or in the interior space, you can think of curtains that might be fluttering gently in, in an open window. Vanessa talked a little bit about the soundscape at her at her home right now, and that's an important component of of, of this, you know, build a meadow thing that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we are cognitively refreshed and relaxed when we hear nature sounds. You know, mm-hmm. and if you live in London, nature sounds might be something of a challenge. But mm-hmm. there's all sorts of um, uh, online sources for the kinds of nature sounds that um, you would encounter in a meadow on a lovely spring day, like a gently burbling brook combined with um, a peaceful bird song mm-hmm. and um, and uh, the sounds of wind gently rustling um, in, in, in the leaves. Yeah. You know, these are all important aspects of biophilic design you know another important thing to think about in the meadow is when you're in that meadow you have a view of nature there are ways to bring nature views into your home Um, you can tear out images from magazines you can um, you know download images and and and, and print them out you know if if you really just put yourself into um, a, a meadow on a beautiful spring day and think about the sorts of experiences that you'd be having there, you get a lot of insight into the science of creating a home where you can flourish today. That's really great. Thanks. Um, in terms of um, individual uh, sort of spaces, what, what sort of, I mean, what would be like the couple of main elements that you think you should, you should make sure you incorporate in, in, a, in a kind of sleeping space? Sure. In a sleeping space, um, I think the single most important thing you can do is make sure that wherever you're, you know, lying down, mm-hmm. falling asleep, you know, like on your bed, yeah. um, we have to make sure that from that position where you'd be trying to fall asleep, you don't see anything that reminds you of your work. Um, something else to think about while you're falling asleep is when we look at patterns that are have relatively more 
curvy lines, we find that more comforting and relaxing, where if you look at patterns that have lots of pointy shapes in them, <laughs> that's more energizing. So, you know, like uh, a bedspread uh -huh. that um, or curtains uh, that are really ge geometrically intense, lots of squares and triangles and uh -huh. rectangles and stuff like that. At um, on the, in the moment, they're not necessarily your best choice for a bedroom. You know, uh -huh. they'd be cool in like a if you had a laundry area. You know, okay. who wants to spend extra time doing laundry. You know, that <laughs> you know, like pointy patterns. But you know, in 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 your home uh, bedroom, you would want um, more sort of curvy, flowy patterns. Okay, so you're saying obviously about lavender and cut and yep. smells that would kind of relax you as well, I suppose. And right, right. and and sound. Um, what would you recommend for sound? Um, I I would um, really try to incorporate one of those nature soundscapes mm -hmm. if 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 I could into um, a, a bedroom environment. And I know you read in your book in that, again, I'm going to plug it again because it's a fantastic book, Sally, that designology that you've written. Um, but you talk about how you should keep the, the noise down and also um, try and have it as dark as you can as well. Um, exactly. I think, yeah. and, you know, if you, if you don't want to do the nature thing for whatever, um, you, can, you can listen to music while you're trying to fall asleep, but um, you really want it to be slow, if you will, um, because another thing we don't realize about ourselves is that our um, hearts and start to beat and we start to breathe in time to the music we're listening to. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to relatively slow music, your um, your body starts to wind down and that can help you fall asleep. So, okay. you know, you, you need to think about the number of, you know, beats per minute in a, in a song and when you're trying to fall asleep 30, 40 or so is probably a good objective used to, um, to fall asleep. Well, that's, that's really cool. Um, I've, I'm working with our, uh, our audio producer, George Harvey. He's a musician in himself and we're going to produce some soundscapes, some nature. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm really fascinated when you said about the different uh, beats per minute. So <laughs> watch this space. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, so assuming we've all had a nice um, sleep, uh, we're moving to the bathroom now. You know, we'd lovely to have an, a, you know, an at-home spa, um, which would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, we've got here uh, spider plants. We've got fern at the end of the bath. Um, we've got oh, peace, peace lily, um, and I've also got these sort of huge, they're artificial, but these sort of huge white sort of flower things, which is under the sink. So they kind of, you know, it looks like you're sitting on the throne, as it were. You kind of have this lovely view of these flowers. So. Um, but yeah, it's a very small space, um, but I've kind of um, tried to make the most of it. I don't know. I know you've got a, a, um, a take as well on on um, on how to make a space larger. Uh, a lot of people have bathrooms that are tiny. But I mean, what a couple of main tips would you say that you should have in the bathroom anyway? Lighter colours on walls make a space seem a little bigger than it actually is. When we're looking at a warmer colour, we um, actually feel warmer. Yeah. And when looking at cooler colors like blues, greens and stuff, um, we actually feel a little cooler. You know, mm -hmm. and if your tiny bathroom is 
really extraordinarily well heated, you might want to use a cool color mm -hmm. on, on the wall. You know, mm. and obviously the reverse if your bathroom is drafty. Mm -hmm. Cool. But, for me, it's my so in the morning. I do like I like to kind of get revved up, ready for the day. But but it's my haven if you want. When I have my shower in the morning, it's calm, quiet, and as I think I said to you before, I've got a lot of oranges and golds and and things in there, yeah. and it's a natural stuff. So it's got there's, there's heating in there, but I hardly have it on. So natural light coming in through the window when you know, and so you notice the seasons change. It's lovely. Yeah, it's really nice. I love my bathroom. <laughs> um, talking of oranges, um, assume we've made it to the kitchen now. <laughs> I know. I did read in your book um, how you say that sort of cluttered spaces uh, it can make you eat, or you know, has a sort of trigger that makes us eat more unhealthy food. But I also read as well that you said about light levels. If they're lower, we eat slower, uh, which I found really interesting. So again, I think yeah. I think that does actually work. Think just thinking about where I've been and, and what I do. I mean, if I've been in a fast food joint and they which is very rare, but if I am in one of those, and it's, or if you're in a station, it's kind of very bright lights, and you do wolf the food down, whereas at home, as I said, I usually have candlelight or half-light and, and orange and warm warm lights, and we do. We eat slower, we talk slower, it's calmer. And and it's interesting you're talking of colour too, because you know, the research shows that warmer colours can stimulate our appetites, you know, where cooler colours can have the opposite effect. And, you know, this is something you'd want to, tailor to your house mm -hmm. um, and, and to your, the people you're sharing it with you know it, like you have you're sharing your home with somebody who um may have some sort of eating issue like they're prone to overeat then maybe you want to use um cooler colors like in, in the areas where um, you'll be eating but um if you have somebody um with the reverse uh, situation you might use warmer colors so okay. you know if you have a um, uh, a housemate um, who uh, tends to overeat, you might want to make the eating area, like say a blue or green or whatever, some cooler color. Okay. But if you have um, a, a, a child that um, uh, rejects everything you place before him or her, mm -hmm. um, you might try at least um, <laughs> to uh, make the colors on the walls or you know around them that stubborn child. Um, a warmer color to, okay. to encourage um, to encourage them to, to, to eat. I mean, I, I read on which I found really interesting. You're saying about groups have a territory, like a common experience. What what sort of materials and what's the sort of temperature and and what sort of light and what sort of you know what sort of textures and things should we should we have in our in our lounge? Say, I think when people are you know hanging out together, it's um, important to make sure that everyone feels comfortable it, it turns out that warmer colors can be um, better options in places where people will um, will be hanging out so so, so that's cool um, mm -hmm. it's nice if people can make eye contact but too much eye contact can be well too much <laughs> uh, so it's um, important to make sure that there's something that people can gracefully, divert their eyes to when they need an eye contact break so okay. you know that can be if you if you're eating together it might be um a centerpiece on a on a table if you're mm -hmm. hanging out together in, in a lounge maybe it would be a, a fireplace that people could look at every so often so mm -hmm. you have to put in a 
focal okay. point that's logical for people to look at every so often and that society gives people the per- permission to look at every so often without okay. seeming rude. You know, another thing that's important to consider in a space where you want um, people to, um, to hang out and feel comfortable is it's great if you can create enough seats where um, people's heads are at basically the same height above the floor. You know, everybody will be part of the, okay. the of the conversation, you know, in, in, the, in this sort of little conversation zone that we're, that we're talking about, this territory that we're talking about. Because as it, as it turns out, you know, when people are looked up to as, as they're speaking, that person who's being looked up at seems like more capable, professional, and basically like more adult, mm-hmm. where people are being looked down on physically when they're participating in a, in a conversation. They seem more childlike, you know, mm-hmm. less capable, less experienced, etc. And like if you're having a really cool conversation with, with, with your friends in, in your in, you know, family, you want everybody's opinions and comments, uh, you know, to, to, be, to be taken seriously. So you don't want this like looking up, looking down thing. And, yeah. you know, obviously we're not all the same height. Uh, so you're never going to have a situation where everybody's eyes are literally the same height above the ground, even if they're sitting in exactly the same sort of chair. But you want to avoid dramatic differences in height. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about um, a situation where you know half the people, for example, in the, who are participating in a conversation are sitting on a sofa mm-hmm. and the other half are sitting on cushions on the floor, yeah. that kind of disparity will um, will really throw off the, um, the, the the interactions. So you mm-hmm. know, try to um, uh, create a situation where people can make eye contact, they can break eye contact, and they're all at basically you know the same um, height ab- above the above the floor. So just just assuming then we've, um, we've we've done our sort of chats and conversations and all that kind of stuff and now we want our own space to kind of um, get on with some work. So I mean we're now in our sort of study or home office kind of environment or or a space that we've created as as a home office. I mean mine mine has got a, I've got a, um, a big huge old pine table. I've got a soft velvet chair and a fluffy cushion and I've got plants and and things. Um, but uh, well, what do you think? you know people should be looking at in their in a, in a sort of work in a home office environment what what should they or maybe what should should they definitely not have and what should they definitely have well i want to um uh talk about some of the things in, in in you mentioned in your office first as things people should have um i'm thrilled that you have a pine table that you that you work on because um the research has shown that when we're looking at a wooden surface, um, and, and can see the grain in the wood. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really good at helping us keep stress levels in check. And the stress levels when we're working can get really high. So I really like the idea of the pine table. You know, the whole idea of using wood grain generally, you know, particularly now when we might be pretty stressed out being at home well it could be very useful like if you have like hardwood floors where you can see the wood grain you might want to roll back some of your carpets at, at, at the moment you know you have to make sure you don't 
create a tripping hazard or something, but, you know, just try, you know, try to expose a little more of that wood. But getting back to offices, I, I, I think that something that is, is important in, in, in offices is an opportunity for cognitive refreshment, a technical term, but um, you need to give your brain a chance to recharge when, when you're, you know, thinking, wear down our stocks of, of mental energy. And by doing certain things, we can pep them up again. Mm-hmm. And that would be good for our, our, our performance. So, you know, I was ta- uh, talking about looking at nature, however you can, um, before, that's really important in a, in a workspace, you want to be able to, if at all possible, do that from the, the you know, the, the place where exactly you're working so you can be sort of doing this continual like refresh work, refresh thing without the disruption of getting up and moving around. Work uh, can be a good place for, you know, some soundscaping as we've been talking about before because that can help keep from, you know, you from being distracted while you're working. Um, if you can block out the sounds of people moving around your home with some some gentle nature sounds, um, some music that might be, you know, a little livelier, more beats per minute than you know, the, 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 the bedroom music, like maybe up to 70 or so beats per minute. But, you know, you don't want it really fast because that'll be too energizing. You also really need to think about whatever you need to accomplish and make sure your office is, is set up to encourage and encourage that you need to make sure you have the tools at hand because that will keep, keep stress levels down it can also be very handy to create a couple of different working heights in your office if possible because the moving from sitting work to standing work can be good for your performance as on that work as well as, as, as your as your health. It's great if you can buy a zippy sit-stand <laughs> desk that moves up and down when you push a lever. That's yeah. all cool. But if, if you don't own that at the, at the moment, um, you might think of creating a, a standing space with like a, a, a standing workspace with like a very sturdy box. But um, you don't have to go out and buy that really um, expensive sit-stand desk you know especially a lot of us are concerned about our financial future at the moment you know Uh there's lots of things you can do on your own okay uh, without investments that's really that's really useful i need to do a bit more of that sit standing thing the only thing i do do is i keep getting up and making cups of tea and then going and sitting outside in the garden at the moment so i'm kind of i've got two offices so one in the garden and one here and i kind of so but i actually think it's a good idea it gives you a different dynamic anyway mentally i think if yeah. you're sitting it's almost like in control isn't it you're kind of in a control situation if you're standing up so yeah and, and i think that really is part of the bottom line of what we're talking about you know mm. a lot of control a lot of things are out of our control at the moment our governments have told us to stay home yeah you know uh and but there are all sorts of things we can do in our home that help us take control of our own situation and just the act of taking control makes us feel just so so much so much better and even in the best of times a comfortable level of control you know being able to choose from a few options does great things inside our heads just knowing that we get to make a choice lights up 
the pleasure centers in our brains. So think about what's good for you and how you work and how you live and you know how the people you live with want to be and act accordingly. Sally, that's great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the tips. Thank you for your um, your advice and your knowledge as well. I love talking to you anyway and uh, looking forward to our next one, our next podcast that we're, we're going to be discussing what people could be doing or kind of be planning for for when they for when we're on the other side of this coronavirus lockdown and yeah yeah exactly and actually as you say you talk about by the time it finally comes we will all have like gotten all sorts of new rituals and 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 ways of working and things like that and we won't want to be just disrupted again Uh, yeah exactly exactly so um so sally thanks very much and yeah i look forward to speaking to you next time Looking forward to it as well. And I'm looking forward to learning about how you're using your home now to live the life you want to live. Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast.